Clap, clap your hands and stomp your feet. You're listening. You're listening to the Clap Your Hands podcast, hosted by Elliot Shore Parks and Kyle Newbeck. Here they come. But with Tobias, another important question I think with him, outside of just do they need to trade him and should they trade him, is what are you trading him for? You mentioned how you could potentially trade Tobias for two players that are on two-year deals, two, two three-year deals that are going to just improve the depth of your roster, maybe are more along the lines of what Nick Nurse is looking for. Or there's the, the kind of fun, you know, trade him for a big star if you can. He is an expiring deal. He does have value. Zach Levine, you know, has been rumored just because they're willing to, seems they're willing to trade him. Like, where would you go with Tobias? Are you more in the mode of go flush out the roster, you know, add players to it? Or, yeah, this is a major trade piece. You have to go add a major singular piece to it. If you can get a major piece that has real upside, I always think that that's the route you take. Because, look, as much as I think depth is important and role players are important, we sit here and say over and over again star players are what get it done in the playoffs and star players are who are going to carry you to titles and look i don't think they have the type of package to go out and get zion williamson as i said i think if he gets moved that's for for example the number two pick from charlotte and salary matching the number three pick from portland and salary matching they had the pelicans have better options than hey, we'll send you Tobias Harris and Jaden Springer and Mm. some second-round picks in a 2029 first. But let's say you're able to get to the table with that. I would take the risk on Zion. Like, I know you were on the opposite side of this, but, like, and look, there is real downside risk there. I totally understand that. Hasn't been able to stay healthy. We'll say his, we'll just say decision making has not been a strong suit from an off court perspective, it appears, yeah. in terms of who he surrounds himself with. It's unclear if work ethic is a problem or it, that's well, I think kind it's of been clear it is, it is a problem. Yeah. <laughs> that's been very, yeah. But I don't like to say that having not been around yeah. a guy yeah. and like it, it's easy to take pot shots from far away, whatever. Yeah. I could say it's at least a question mark. We have yeah. to see. If that's a real problem, maybe you put them in the right situation with the right coach and that kind of stuff changes. But he is a significant enough talent. Like, I'm not saying that he would be on equal footing with uh, Victor Wembanyama in terms of prospect hype or whatever. But there was a point in time where Zion was like, oh, my God, this guy is going to be like the next whoever. Right. And he's the the best prospect since... Anthony Davis, when he was coming out of Kentucky, or you could probably go even a little further back than that. His Duke season was must-watch TV. Mm. They go on a huge run in the tournament, despite being built around a bunch of freshmen who the other guys on that team, it turns out, have not been very good in the pros. So clearly he's doing a ton of the heavy lifting on that team. So you put him on the Sixers, and you can do a ton of interesting stuff, like especially in a world where you keep James Harden too think about a bench lineup where you play small and zion is essentially a center and you just spread it out and james harden and zion run pick and rolls and you have a front court where it's joel Embiid and zion and zion's a weak side rim protector and he's got the help of joel behind him but he's also got joel's ability to space the floor and give him space 
to drive into, to attack the rim and play make and do that kind of stuff. Maxi and Zion on a fast break. That's crazy. Like that'd be must watch television. If -hmm. you see those guys there. And that would certainly be a big change. That's going to get people excited and for the, the 45 yeah. for the 45 games that Zion's going to play. <laughs> right, it's right. like, but that's, so that's what I'm saying though, is like, I think it's worth taking that type of risk if you're where they're at at this point, because the incremental stuff, like if you just keep bleeding away second round picks and, and individual first round picks, you trade one to get rid of Al Horford, you trade a couple for James Harden, at least in Harden's case, that makes a material difference. You take a step forward mm-hmm. as a team. But if you're trading four second-round picks for you know George Hill, like they did a few years ago, I just think if you keep making those moves, you're going to end up in a spot where you have no moves left to make anyway. So you might as well go for the big one and say, well, fuck it. We're going to go for broke, and we're going to try to put somebody on this roster that fundamentally changes our long-term ceiling. Like that's where my mind would be at. Yeah. So I think the best point for Zion is this is your last trade piece with Toby. Zion has top 10 player potential. So just go do it and figure it out. I I, I get that argument. I, I definitely agree with it to an extent. My only issue with Zion is Toby is your last big trade piece and living in a world where you can do that. Zion by December could either be the biggest steal an NBA team has made in a long time, or he could be the worst contract in the NBA. You consider the fact of what of of his five-year deal, what he's being paid. And like, let's be honest, I know that he's had trouble staying healthy. And I agree with you, you know, joking aside, we can't sit here and say if Zion's a hard worker and if guys get hurt, that's not their fault. But he doesn't strike me, even coming into the league, there were concerns about his body type and inability to stay healthy. If you look at Joel. Let's take Joel, for example. Joel missed the first two years of his career. And since then, obviously, you know, we can go through the whole injury concern, but he's mostly stayed healthy. He, he, uh, you know, 60 plus 55 plus games, nagging injuries for sure, playoff injuries, but he has been on the court. If you look at from when Joel stepped on the court for the first time, so year three, he's played in something like, I don't know, 67% of his games. So he's, he's mostly been there since Zion started playing his rookie year. He's been in 30 not something. Good. <laughs> not, not good. It's not been good. In, he did like 30 something games, right? He's missed a full year. He played 20. Do you want me to go through the, I'll go through the, yeah, go ahead, the yeah. years. 2019 20 plays 24 games. Yeah. 2020 21, where he made an all star team, played 61. So that was an improvement. But then he missed the entire 21 22 season and he played 29 games last year. So the last two years, he's played 29 total yeah. games. Yeah. It's not and- good. No, it's not good. And also, you know, we joked uh, about the Bradley Beal thing, which is, and uh, and a lot of people did, Bradley Beal's been a career loser in a lot of ways. Can you add another loser to Joel and Harden? Like, do you need to add somebody else? Is Zion maybe like the worst possible person to add to Joel and James in terms of A, injury concern, but also let's be real, like fitness, right? Like it looks like one of his concerns is like, aren't there all types of weight clauses in his contract and stuff? And James, the joke is always, you know, he looks fat, whatever. And Joel, we know because of his body type, has trouble keeping weight off if he misses time. I just, I get the, I get the, the reasoning for for considering it, but it just feels like it could be a, it could be a deal that come December, we're like, well, that's it. Like he's hurt again. They have this massive contract. Joel's really, you know, Joel's upset because now their second big piece is turned into Zion. Zion doesn't seem to have a great relationship with his teammates in New Orleans. 
So I think the name itself is exciting. Not to mention Zion does not shoot from deep. Like he doesn't, maybe he'll add it to his repertoire. Maybe Nick nurse gets him to do it, but he averages less than one three pointer a game. And I can get over that if he's doing different things. I mean, the dude averaged 27, like six and five, he clearly can score, but I don't know is the best thing to add to your team. Somebody that doesn't shoot the most important shot in basketball, at least currently. So I would roll the dice if it's like, there's no other options, like whatever, but I'd rather have Zach Levine. I maybe would rather even have, or I would definitely rather have DeMar DeRozan. Like, I think there are better options than potentially like crippling your franchise for a really long time with this Zion thing. I, I understand the position. All I'm saying is that if we agree, so let's be clear. Tyrese Maxey is in theory, their biggest trade ship, but nobody yeah. wants to trade him. So when right. we say Tobias Harris is their their biggest trade ship left, you you might as well shoot for upside because once that leaves, you have to then trade like real foundational core. Yeah, like pieces. Embiid and Maxi. Like That's what I mean. Yeah. So if, if trading Tobias and saying, "All right, we'll take two role players back." That's essentially just betting that Joel Embiid and James Harden are good enough or that Tyrese Maxi's internal development is good enough. And where we're at right now, like Joel's in his prime in his late 20s. I don't know how much better he's getting or how much more refinement he's going to have in big moments. James Harden, I think the ship has certainly sailed on him. You know, he's not going to get better at this age. Right. If anything, he's going to get worse. Because, And that's not an insult to him. That's just the reality of being in your mid-30s as a professional athlete. Maxi would then be your only real case to, okay, that guy's going to become a 25 point a game guy, or he's going to average five, six assists a game instead of, you know, two or three. Right. And maybe that's enough to make a difference. But if you don't think that adding a couple role players is enough to push them over the top, then I can a hundred percent see the argument to say, let's take a big swing. This might get broken up in a year or two anyway, because I don't know, Joel's unhappy. Harden decides he doesn't want to be here anymore. Because that's the thing. It's like all this buzz about Harden in recent days. It's not – it seems to me that everyone's realizing, yeah, he's not getting the max contract elsewhere. Mm -hmm. So James has to look at himself and say, am I really going to take less than max money to go play in Houston? And it might be like a semi-rebuild. I I don't know what that roster is going to look like if he decides to go there. Or am I going to play for a contender? And then maybe he comes back here and he feels resentment. And he's like, well, I didn't actually want to be here. Yeah. But this was like comparable money and I can win a little more. He could wake up in six months to a year and say, well, get me the fuck out of here. And if that's the case, malcontent James Harden in his mid-30s is not getting a big trade return. So you already need to have some sort of big piece and big chip on the roster that could theoretically be a co-star to Joel Embiid. I don't think that Maxi is at that level. And so I think you might have to say, we're going to take a high risk, high reward bet on. I, again, I don't think they can get Zion, but it might be in that mold. I would well, say. and again, I'm always down for high risk in a lot of ways. One thing, if we agree, Howie Roseman is the best general manager in the city and Daryl has an argument over his career, but Howie's whole thing is take big swings. And so I could picture a world where now the contract complicates it. Like Zion is somebody Howie would take a swing on, right? Former number one pick, you mentioned all those things. The issue is 
you take that swing man and all of a sudden of all the good teams like the top eight teams or whatever you could argue and beat harden and zion might be end up being three of the least attractive p- trade pieces like bill simmons did his trade uh value thing he had him beat 13 like he had jaron jackson right be- uh right behind him and i know it's just one person's opinion blah 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 but it is interesting to think that for as much as Embiid is can make the argument for best player in the league or top three or whatever, just one MVP, his trade value a year and a half from now might not be that good. He could be broken down on a massive contract. So that's the concern with Zion. Quick side note, I was thinking about this this morning. Who do you think's like more likely to be on the team longer from here on out, Joel Embiid or Tyrese Maxey? I would say Joel... Because I think if they were to strip it down and rebuild, like Joel gets traded, I think Tyrese gets moved too. Like, I think it might just be everything happens at once. Well, because like, think about this. You're probably okay with paying Tyrese Maxey, whatever he's going to get on this next contract, if you have Joel Embiid and if you have a co-star for him. Like Maxey as a well-paid third guy, that's okay. If you strip it down and Tyrese Maxey's making like $30 million as the guy, I just I think that is not where an NBA team wants to be generally. That's like I like Tyrese as a decision maker more than Jordan Poole, but it'd be like if the Warriors moved into their next phase and were like, Yeah, Jordan Poole, you're just running the show. Like I, mm-hmm. I just don't think that's a team a thing that you want to happen as a team. So I, I kind of think you just move everybody if you reach that point. Now, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Joel asks out in two years and Tyrese has ascended and you say, well, we'll turn Joel into multiple guys to help Maxi be the man. But I just, I don't personally view him as that type of player. I think he's a, a very good complimentary piece, but I kind of think that he would get moved before or with Joel if that kind of thing happened. I could be dead wrong about this, but I really get a sense that they are like extremely high on Maxi. And so I could they picture definitely a, are for yeah, sure. Where, where I could picture a world where it gets frustrating and Embiid, you just like cash out early on him in terms of getting a big return and you envision your team more built around guards and you think Maxi can be one of them. So I think it's it's close onto who now the difference is Maxi could potentially be traded against his will, whereas I don't think there's a world where they move Embiid. And he does not want to be moved. So that would that would probably be the main difference. But so last Tobias Harris question before we kind of move on here. Um, I do think in a way Tobias is now somewhat underrated by the fans because he does like not fit, but he's he's a good locker room guy. He's been here. They've won with him. You know it works with him to a certain extent. He is an expiring contract. So I'm not just giving Tobias away for, for anything. But final kind of like, you know, one through 10 if you want to do it that way. Friday morning, we wake up, the draft is over. What do you think the chances are that Tobias has been traded? I give it at least a one in three shot. I don't want to go higher than that because there's no, there's not like an active team or a set of players that he's attached to in terms of rumors. There's just a broad feeling around the NBA. He's going to get moved. Like that's one of their big cards that they can play. And so that's, everyone is just kind of speculating that he's going to get moved, but you very well couldn't like we could wake up in late September for training camp and Tobias walks in and 
does the the same media availability that he does every year. So yeah. who the heck knows? Are there any, um, I know this is kind of like finding a needle in the haystack, but are there any players that you think Sixers fans should keep an eye on in terms of a, a trade for Tobias? Like not the Zion, Dame Lillard, those type of guys, but... No, honestly, if I had that, I would have already reported it, I would say. And I, <laughs> yeah. I'm i going to be on some more phone calls uh, okay. today, tomorrow, Thursday, of course. Um, and so we'll see what shakes out after all of that. But nothing to report as of right now. I wish I had more information to, to provide. But. Well, if you're listening to this pod, I'm sure you already do. But that sounds like major. Make sure you're following Kyle on Twitter. Make sure you're reading his work on uh, on Philly Boys. Of course, too. always. Always, exactly. Uh, I tweet about jerseys. You tweet about Sixers. So it, it, it evens out in the, uh, in the long run. 